I would rather have a day job than be a Pokemon mascot. Han Solo is clearly more attractive than Indiana Jones. I would take the Star Wars trilogy over the Matrix trilogy any time. The Legend of Zelda versus Super Mario. Who's better in bed, Jafar or Gaston? And would Thanos masturbate with the Infinity Gauntlet or not? Every week, Nerd Rage The Great Debates brings you the funniest comics, writers, and podcasters to settle some of geekdom's most divisive topics. Find us on Spotify or wherever you find podcasts. In Southern California, just outside Hollywood, there is a most unusual hotel. A hotel dedicated to the golden age of cinema and the departures of its most influential and notorious players. It is a destination that spotlights the manners in which these men and women of Hollywood perished. A place where every room's design tells a story by mirroring the locales of famous celebrity hotel crime scenes and deaths. From Lily Goddard and the charred ruins of her suite at the Moore Hotel in Chicago, to the stabbing of Ricky Valdez at the famed Valencia Towers. The rooms are decorated with an array of evidence and clues, unique to each death, and fitted with a cast of department store mannequins, which stand in for those involved. Welcome to the Swan Hotel. Tonight's play takes us on a roller coaster ride of alienation and jealousy, and the instinctual need to be loved. It is a dreadful tale of matricide and old Hollywood comedy rolled into one a barrel of laughs and a bucket of tears. This is the story of the sensational Wessler twins and the Lord 1942 murder of their mother. The particulars surrounding her death have been placed on formidable display, and the swans. Room 117. How is she today? The princess's bridges are in a bind, as usual. I'd watch what I say if I were you. What you got there? Towels? Yeah. She said yesterday the others were scratchy and offered to sandpaper my face with them. That sounds like Miss Tate's sunny disposition. Just be thankful you weren't the one that loused up her breakfast this morning. There's six men downstairs in the kitchen right now sobbing uncontrollably. You'll be fine. But whatever you do, don't mention tonight. Is she touchy? And with claws. Maid? Good luck, kid. Tonight we tour this room with the help of its current occupants. At the vanity, primping for a premiere and gabbing on the phone with a girlfriend, Samantha Tate the movie industry's latest teenage sensation and a rising sex symbol. And her dutiful assistant, Larry. So did I tell you Freddie Myers is going to be there tonight? Hi, And super close, too. I'll practically be sitting on his lap. You're awful! <laughs> Larry, get your butt in here! Coming, Miss Tate. When are we getting out of here? I'm so bored. The town car will be downstairs momentarily to whisk you away to the theater. Town car? What the hell happened to the limo? But a town car is much better. They're less flashy. Why, back in the day, all the lovable movie stars rode around in town cars. Leslie Hudson, Elizabeth Crane, Dorothy Lockhart, Paulo Hera, Vivian Ray. What do 
I care about a bunch of dead actors from the silent era. Alemo's got bang. It's sexy. Be that as it may, it lacks a certain level of modesty. A town car says poise and elegance. It has a class without being too assuming or pretentious. There's a kind of tactfulness behind it. The public will hold you in greater esteem. Believe me, a town car offers a certain level of relatability for the public. Why, I remember... Larry! Yes? I want a limo zine. As you wish, Miss Tate. <clears throat> Sam. Oh, don't mind that. It's just Larry. He's being stubborn. Mr. History can't even manage to get us a room downtown. He puts us up in some museum way the hell out in the hills. No, not those hills. The other hills. I know. Yes, that's correct. A limousine. Apparently, Miss Tate and her friends are going to pile in and head over to the school prom. Larry, where's my soda? Coming right up. How will you take it? In a glass or shaken in a can? Funny. Oh, and I hate to put a damper on your little nostalgia thrill, but we gotta do something about these mannequins. It's like a freaking wax museum in here. Oh, but Miss Sam, they're part of the room's charm. Charm. The Beverly Palms has charm, and they're able to manage that without hiding creepy figures around every corner. I'm not sleeping in here. But these little fellas memorialize one of the most shocking Hollywood deaths of the early 1940s. Oh, terrific. Well, in that case, get them out now. Now, please, miss. I am not sleeping in the same room as those two. Thank you. Your limo waits out front. Good. Now, call downstairs and have these, these dummies taken out while we're gone. Miss Tate, are you sure you want to mess with the decor of the room like that? I'll tell you what. Before we have the hotel remove them for the evening, let me tell you their story. It's quite astonishing. I'm a little too old for story time, Larry. I'll tell you on the way to the theater. How's that? And I'll have them removed before I'll return. But if you don't want to hear the story, well then, I can't promise you won't have a couple youngsters shacking up with you this evening. I don't bargain, Larry. Oh, what the hell... Fine, go ahead. Tell your story. But at the first mention of a doll coming to life, I'm cutting you off. I'm serious. Duly noted. Now, submitted for your approval, The Dire Tale of the Wessler Twins, a story of Shakespearean proportion. You're not going to do it in that voice, are you? Shh, I'm sorry. I've already started. At 12.03 a.m. on Saturday, December 4th, 1931, Lucille Wessler gave birth to Herbert Christopher Wessler at the St. Bernadette Memorial Hospital in Rockford, Illinois. Twenty-three minutes later, at 12.26 a.m., Herbert's twin brother Ralph Garfield Wessler emerged reluctantly but alertly. Congratulations, Miss Wessler. Twins. Say hi to your two boys. May I hold them? A single mother raising two boys, Lucille Wessler moved the family to Los Angeles and provided as best she could working the switchboards at the K-Bell Telephone Company. Los Angeles, hold for conference. Sacramento, hold for conference. San Francisco, hold for conference. Detectives in Los Angeles, Sacramento, San Francisco. Go ahead, please. Money was tight, but was far from scarce. It came in the form of a dwindling inheritance left behind by Lucille's father, who ran the Wessler Shoe Factory. 
He left his daughter an ample portion of the company's return, which Lucille squandered on her husband during their brief and unhealthy marriage. Early on, though, Lucille instilled in her boys a sense of integrity and self-worth and, above all, manners. Why, the first and last three words to exit their mouths were always please and thank you. You two get away from that radio and come set the table. Wash your hands first. And I mean wash. Don't just hold them under the water. In a minute, Mom. Do it now. The show's almost over for crying out loud. At least this was her intention. Don't you raise your voice at me, mister. You're going to get it. Be there in a minute, Mom. The marked man's on. Shh. The twins, along with every other nine-year-old in the country, were enthralled with a radio play known as The Marked Man. It was their only escape from nagging adults and endless homework. Do you think you'll find the killer? Shh! As the marked man crept further down the alley, a lone figure emerged slowly from the shadows. Who's there? Come into the light. I know that it was you who killed those women. Show yourself! Hello, brother. Derek. It can't be. It just can't be. Surprised? Where's the girl? She's close. Is she alive? Now that's a little trickier. Stop jerking me around! Is she alive? I'd say that all depends on her. And how long she can hold her breath. (laughs) Join us next time for the exciting conclusion of... The Marked Man. After school, Lucille taught her boys an honest brand of showmanship. From the moment they could walk and talk, Lucille taught them to sing and dance. Herself, of course, having an itch for the spotlight, and now blessed with two 65-pound ways to scratch said itch. Ready, boys? On my count. A five, six, seven, eight. Ball toe, ball toe, ball toe. Splendid, Herbert. Pick it up, Ralph. Ball toe, ball toe, and bring it home. Again, from the top. During their leisure, Lucille treated the boys to the occasional trip to Marriott Island, a large amusement park situated on the Laguna Street Pier. I want to ride the roller coaster. Yeah, can we, Mom? Can we? All right. Yay! Yay! I get to sit next to Mommy. You got to sit next to her last time. It's my turn. Okay, settle down. Herbert, you sit next to me. Yeah! And Ralph, you sit next to that nice-looking man with a cigar. Hello. What are you looking at? (laughs) 
The boys entertained passers-by in exchange for half-pint tips and pocket lint, half of which would go into a savings and the other towards buying that particular month's juvenile sensation. Boys, I'll be in the hot dog line if you need me. Step right up, folks. The show's about to begin. Gather round. Don't be shy. We've got thrills. And spills. The likes of which nobody can compare. On tonight's episode of The Marked Man, Cole Saunders, a.k.a. The Marked Man, stumbles across the hideout of his brother's former associate, a goon named Freddy Bascalupus. Hands up, dirtbag. Detective Saunders, we've been expecting you. Funny, I don't see any cookies laid out. No assortment of cheeses. Not even a cup of tea. Where are your manners? I don't accommodate rats. Mr. Bascalupus, I presume? Don't play dumb. You know who I am. You're right, I do. Prepare to die. dogs, please. Oh, and some peanuts. Thank you. (laughs) Hey, those kids are pretty funny. Uh Huh? Oh, thank you. Are you their mother? 30 cents. What? Oh, yes. Here, let me help you with those. Oh, no, that's quite all right. That'll be 30 cents. What? Right. Let me just find it here. Nonsense. Your hands are full and you still gotta get your mustard. No, it's fine. Really, I can manage. There seems to be a hole in my change purse. Somebody owes me 30 cents. What? Yes, I'm sorry. Just one second. Let me at least hold the peanuts. Sure, thank you. Lady, I got a puking kid at home. I ain't got time. I do apologize. It's just difficult. One second. Thirty cents, you say? I know, I... There you go, bub. Keep the change. Oh, no, that isn't necessary. Wow, buddy, thanks! Hey, wait a minute. Let's step over here. We're holding up the line. You just gave that guy a ten. I didn't have anything bigger. Do you think he was offended? Offended? I think you'll retire. Look, that was quite generous. You didn't need to do that. I don't even know you're... You always go around helping people like that? Look, I don't know what your angle is, but I'm not that kind of girl. At the same time, I appreciate the attention, you know? A woman likes to feel wanted. What am I saying? Here, let me give you money for the food. Thirty cents? No, 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 no. You got it all wrong. What? Ten dollars? I might be needy, but I'm certainly not daft. I know a flim-flam when I see one. No, I'm afraid all I can give you is 30 cents. If you're not a cheat, then I do apologize, but the 10 is on you. I mean, I wish I could afford to be that big-hearted, but unfortunately, I'm supporting a small zoo. Boys, come and get your hot dogs. No, no, please. I was hoping to speak with you. I'm not in the habit of taking charity, either. Oh, no, of course not. I, I didn't mean it like... Look, you twins put on a good show back there. They're very amusing. It's my treat. Oh, here's your peanuts. Thank you, but really, they just perform for peanuts. I I mean pennies. This is too much. Think of it as my admission price. They're a terrific little duo. To be frank, I wasn't having a very good evening. I came here with a lot on my mind. The past three hours, I've just been walking up and down the pier worrying, and, well, 
this was exactly what I needed. So please. All right. Actually, I wanted to speak with you about them. I make a pretty good living finding people like your boys. Yeah? You bet. I think they've really got something. Really? You kidding? I've got a knack for this sort of thing. I'm a great judge of talent. Of course, we're small time these days compared to RKO and Cowan, but we hold our own. Who are you again? Oh, of course. Where are my manners? I get so wrapped up. My name's Martin Levy, president, manager of... Martin Levy Studios? Good. You're familiar. Familiar? I take the yellow car to work every day and pass right by your gate. Oh, how many mornings I've dreamt that was my stop. And I... Ah, gee, what you must think of me. I didn't... No, no, it's fine. I'm sorry. I didn't recognize you without the mustache. You used to have a mustache, right? In all the photos we see, you have a mustache. Sign of the trends, I guess. You look better without it. Ah, jeez, did I just say that? I'm sorry. No, no, quite all right. I don't usually share this caliber of company. You'll have to forgive me. And think, earlier today I was cleaning out mud from little holes in my kitchen strainer. Uh, Herbert uses it as a helmet when the boys play spacemen in the backyard. That's adorable. Wow, this is... this is amazing. I can't believe I'm standing here with... You're Martin Levy of Martin Levy Studios. Well, soon to be Lamar Levy Studios, just between us. But not if I have anything to say about it. Which is what I wanted to talk to you about, Miss... Uh, goodness, I don't even know your name. Uh, Lucille. Lucille Wessler. And that's Ralph, and the one tossing popcorn at the back of his head is Herbert. Die, Derek, die! Cut it out! Lucille. I've always loved the name Lucille. Does anyone ever call you Lucy? They try, but I always tell them Lucille. Good for you. Well, Lucille, your twins are outstanding. I can't get over it. Color me a fan. You're a fan? The boys and I love your films. Really? That's wonderful. Thank you. Herbert in particular enjoys the beauties. Ah, the Martin Levy beauties are a studio staple. Such beautiful girls. Much prettier than the ones at Cowan. You really think? Oh, wow. That... Thank you. It seems every studio these days has their own set of beauties. I bet you didn't know we had the first. I'll bet I did. Vivian Ray. Vivian Ray, that's right. My God, you remember that. Uh-huh. I was in high school, and... Oh, this... This is going to make me feel old, isn't it? Maybe a little, but... Go ahead. I, I used to keep pictures of her under my mattress. Magazines, you know? I'd spread them out over the bed and look at myself in the mirror, comparing curves. That was a while ago, though. I finally got the curves. They just went to different places. Well, if it means anything coming from a fossil, I think you're very attractive. Would you like to walk on the beach? It's so nice to finally talk to a person who appreciates the past. Not like those bird brain Hollywood investors I have to deal with. I mean, I know it's late, and you probably have to get home to your husband. No... I mean, yes, it's getting late, but no, I don't have to be anywhere. Let me just get the boys. I meant what I said earlier. I think your boys are fantastic. 
Yeah? Absolutely. I really think we could work something out. I'd love to bring him in for a screen test. Gosh, I, I, I can't tell you what that means. Especially coming from someone with your celebrity, Mr. Levy. <laughs> Please, Martin. No, really. I, I'm being honest here when I say I really see them taking off in a big way. And I don't just mean one and two real shorts with a bunch of half-witted gags. I'm talking six real features, leading ladies. They could be the next Ollie and Ritz. That's unbelievable. I'm speechless. I have to ask you, have they had any kind of formal training? Y- yes, they have. I, I I trained them. You're a performer? Yeah. See, I thought I picked up on... I had you pegged for an entertainer from the second I saw you. What have you been in? Well, I was in a production of the Bonnie Sisters. I played Mary. She was a little too passive for my liking, but it certainly offered a challenge. Let's see, then there was 12 stories at the Tivoli. Yeah? And uh, a few dance routines, well, here and there. Some talent shows and uh, a few a few kissograms. To be perfectly honest, my list of credits isn't that impressive. I always felt that I had a face for movies, but my real passion was in dance. Unfortunately, I was, well, vertically impaired. What's it like working in... I, I mean, have you always been in a communications field? Me? No, actually, I'm fairly new at... Well, I guess not new. I was going to say that I knew at this whole employment thing, which isn't true. I've been on my own for some time now. My dad was real well-off, and so I grew up terribly privileged. Made some bad choices, hurt people. Reconciled the meaningful relationships and flushed away the harmful ones. Moved on. That's very admirable. Admirable? Maybe. Necessary? Yes. And you? Oh, there isn't much to tell. Uh, Similar roots, I guess. Father was in steel, oil, and timber. Terribly dull, I know. At 29, while in Boston, I visited my first Nickelodeon. A few years later, I bought a dozen cameras and a plot of land. The rest is history. You make it sound so natural. Well, I have a knack for spinning a tale. It's best to leave illicit details out of a success story. That is, unless it's pertaining to a film script. Those days are behind me, though. All the strong-arming and kickbacks, all the dames. Now it's nothing but the straight and narrow. I made that vow once, and that's good enough for me. Doesn't mean it was easy by any stretch of the imagination. We certainly suffered. Financing took a big hit, and we've been trying to keep our head above water ever since. I came out here tonight to think. Well, sort of. I was desperate. In two weeks, we start filming a new project that the kid shoots, and I thought, well, I thought I'd find inspiration. Truth is, it's an awful picture. It'll tank, I know it. We just keep recycling the same old acts. That's why I think your boys would make such a contribution. You know, it's been my dream for some time now to open up my own studio in New York. For movies? Uh Uh-huh. I know your boys would help make that dream a reality. I've got such a strong gut feeling, and I'm not just some flash in the pan I want you to know. Oh, I know. I'm on the level. You certainly are. You discovered Virginia Graves, and she's one of the biggest women in Hollywood. Yeah, well, not the most loyal. That's why, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it right. I mean, let's get our ducks in a row here. Oh, I agree. I don't want to lift a finger without your consent. I think it sounds so exciting. You do? Gee, that's just just peachy. Thank you. You're mighty welcome, but I gotta tell you, I feel as though the gratitude should be coming from my end. Are you kidding? Nonsense. I can't tell... You know, 
It seems like lately nothing's been going my way. I'm a batter at a full count, looking for a hit. Boy, am I glad my change purse had a hole in it. Change purse? I haven't had a craving for a hot dog in 30 years. Swell timing. Oh, well, you can certainly say that again. Uh, There is just one other item of, you know, well, information that I need to procure. Now, this is strictly in a business context. I don't want you to think of me as a masher of some kind. After all... You're very striking, and I'd be lying if I said there haven't been some moments during our stroll where my head didn't feel like those waves out there. Anyway, the, uh, the twin's father. He wouldn't by any chance still be around. No. You sure you didn't skip out late one night with the boys while your old man was shooting dice? Truth of it is, he left me. Really? What about you? Where's your wife? Right now? Probably driving along the Champs-Élysées with a boorish, uptight Frenchman returning to a gaudy Parisian townhouse. Maybe Vienna. Perhaps Rome. I don't really know. When the money ran out, so did she. I'm sorry to hear that. No, no. It's really, it's fine. It was for the best. She was in love with my image, not me. Well, if it's anything coming from an obscure seedling. I think you're very sweet. I think you're quite delightful, Lucille. What is taking so long? I told them I wanted the lights down and the film rolling as soon as I got to my seat. Must be some idiot asleep at the switch. Sam, good, you're here. Uh, Hey, Alan, what's the holdup? Well, uh, you look stunning, by the way. I'm paying you to manage my affairs, not tell me what I already know. Out with it! You see, there's a problem with the projector. What kind of problem? We're working on it. Alan, what's the difference between you and my manager? Ken? Well, uh, well, let's see here. Now, Ken acts as an authority over your brand, deals with, you know, the media, bookings, pretty much runs the day-to-day, and very diligently, I might add, uh, taught me a few things here and there. A lot, really. And I, well, I, you know... Five percent. What's that? The difference is five percent. Now, I suggest, if you wish to carry on with that little arrangement and continue your plaid and checkered existence, you'll get that pathetic what's-going-on-here look out of my face and get upstairs and roll my film. Larry, can you believe this? A tragedy. Shall I alert the clinic to prepare your room? You know, I blame you for all this. You were the one who convinced me to have my premiere in this this mausoleum. The studio said I could have any venue I wanted. Didn't even matter if it was booked. And you pitched me this shrine to dust and cobwebs going on and on about historical significance, blah, blah, blah. I wanted that big new megaplex downtown with the spotlights and the holograms and the projectors that actually work, for Christ's sake. How did I ever... You know, thanks to you, we're trapped inside this, this museum piece. Well, in that case, I figured now would be a perfect opportunity to continue our story. Oh, you do, do you? Sure, go right ahead. It's not like this is an important night for me or anything. You know, where everything's going to plan. I didn't step into an $80,000 dress and spend half the day putting myself together to not listen to your long-winded story about a couple of brats and their prudish mother. Who, by the way, would certainly benefit from breaking off a piece from that Levy character. Sounds like he's just the man to write her emotional ship. And here I thought you weren't listening. 
Wipe that smirk off your face and pass me the candy. Now, as I was saying, the twins were natural showmen, and on the day of the big screen taste. Okay, boys. Now I want you to just say the lines you memorized with your mother. Now, that man standing over there by the camera, see, the man who doesn't look too happy with the fact that I'm talking to you too? Well, that's Jack, the director. You just say the lines and do everything that man tells you to, okay? Okie dokie, whatever you say, boss. Boss. Oh, you kids are going to be great. Okay, let's get those cameras rolling. They're all yours, Jack. Thank you, Mr. Levy. Okay, Barbara, let's get you to stand next to the twins. There you go, right on your mark. Uh, can somebody get the kid's mustache? It's fallen off. Now, boys, you've just burst into the saloon when you see Barbara. Now, she's playing Lily, a working girl that went to the sheriff after the two of you roughed up her kid's sister. Cool, is this a real gun? Actually, it's a, it's a prop gun. Herbert, hey, Herbert, my gun's real. What? No fear! Ralph's gun is real! No, I, I assure you it isn't. I want a real gun! No, 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 no. nobody has a, a real gun. <laughs> now, if we could all just focus, we can get the shot off before the war is over. Does everybody know what they're doing? Good. Quiet on the set! This is a take! Roll them. Roll them! Wessler Twins, screen test, take one. And... Action. Shove off, Toddy, and bring me some tongue oil. Make it 2x, none of that 3x. I got a recital to attend. Just a cup of Arbuckles for me. I'm playing in the recital. You're the, the, the Cincinnati boys. They finally got the city right. About time. Clive Owens and Bobby Jenkins. You know why we're here, don't you? No, 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 it wasn't me. I didn't say anything to the sheriff. Good thing we were able to get away. A little axle grease from our morning's toast left the whole lot of deputies slipping outside the jail. What do you want? Seems we overpaid your sister, and we're here to collect. You little... <laughs> Jack, did you see that? They just smashed a bottle over my head. It's a breakaway. You'll be fine. Now stay with it. Take that, you tart. Okay, that one was real. No, not the chair. You're looking great, Margaret. I'm gonna kill you, Jack. Oh, Barbara, don't be such a stick in the mud. Not the card table. <laughs> Lucille, your boys are brilliant. Look at them out there. Are you sure that's safe? I mean, she's taking an awful lot of wax to the head. Oh, she's fine. She's a professional. Well, it isn't tap, but it's a start. They do look pretty cute, don't they? Sure they do. Believe me when I say this, I think they're one of the funniest teams I've ever seen. I knew they would be. What did I tell you? I've got a sixth sense for this sort of thing. Lucille, I have the feeling this is the beginning of something quite magical. The Westler twins were a hit before anyone even knew them. The buzz of their screen test brought new life to the lot, and soon the tired and rusty machine that had become Martin Levy Studios sprang to life and began producing comedy gold once again. The twins made a splash with favorites like Brothers in Harms. Pick up your gun, Private! I can't! It's stuck under the dinette set! Painting Problems. Ah, that takes care of all the houses on Elm Street. Good. 
What? Elm Street? You were supposed to paint the houses on Willow. I know. We'll switch the street signs. And the celebrated taffy turmoil, the famous taffy pooling scene. Boys, wait, that's my head. Oh! After only one year and 78 shorts, including four features, the Wessler twins had become a household name, which, in turn, put Martin Levy Studios back on top of the Hollywood ladder. For the boys, though, their greatest reward came in the form of a guest spot on a certain radio program. The Marked Man. Starring Lynn Baxter. Presented by Copperfield Cigarettes. Is... is he gonna be okay, Doctor? Yeah. Can we see him? You better not, boys. Best to let him rest. Your uncle's been through a lot. The bullet shattered and... well... He's... he's gonna wake up, though, isn't he? I... don't know. Tonight, Lynn Baxter is the Marked Man. Buddy is played by Ed Morgan, and the Marked Man's nephews Joe and Henry Saunders are played by the Wessler Twins, Herbert and Ralph Wessler. And as for Lucille, feelings between her and Martin grew. To show his appreciation, Martin gave Lucille her very own part in a movie, a tap number that partnered her with legendary stage dancer Teddy Shaw. Lucille, you were magnificent up there. It was good. I did okay. Okay? Did you hear the theater? You you were better than okay. First rate. And so pretty, too. Oh. No, I mean it. You were so graceful and delicate. I'm not just laying it on. You were you were breathtaking. Oh, that's just because I was dancing with Teddy. Any woman standing next to him would appear breathtaking. Listen, you made Teddy Shaw look like a troll. That's nice of you to say. Did you see his steps, though? I wish I could dance half as well as him. God, you're beautiful, Lucille. It looked okay? I'm moving to New York. I want you to come with me. Go with you? But but what? What about the boys? Them too. I want the whole Wessler clan. What about the studio and and the, the, the films? They're coming too. Lucille, it's been my dream to open a studio in New York, and now that things are back in place, I can finally make it happen. This is all happening so fast. Seize it, Lucille. I love you. Please say you'll come with me. This time last year, I was working for the telephone company. I met a charming man who made the careers of women I idolized growing up. And now I live in a massive house, my ten-year-old boys are movie stars, and I just danced a duet with Teddy Shaw. And it'll all just be the beginning if you come away with me. I think I'm going to swoon. I'll catch you. You love me? More than anything. Lucille, since I've met you, my life has been nothing but a stormless sky over a pristine meadow. I love you too, Martin. So you'll come with me? Of course. Pack your traveling chest. We're going on a little trip. Yay! Whoopee! It's a wonderful surprise. Now go pack. I wonder who that is. How you doing, Lucy? Freddy? The one and only. What are you... What are you 
doing here? Uh, just passing through on my way to San Jose. I uh, got some business up there. You mean action? No, it ain't like that anymore. I'm selling musical instruments now. You know, clarinets and junk. I'm proper these days. That's good, Freddy. Yeah, they finally straightened me out. What about that, that vamp of yours? Oh, we ain't together anymore. She fell for some band leader and split. I read about the boys. I'll bet you did. Read about you, too. You look good. Freddy, don't start up with that. I wish I could have been there to see you up on that stage, Lucy. All those bright lights and the cameras. All that attention. Freddy, please. I know how much it must have meant to you. Awful lot of money, I bet. You're some piece of work, you know that? All I need is a little bit. Jesus Christ, Freddy! It's a lock. A sure thing. Oh yeah, foolproof, I bet. Just hear me out. There's this guy up north with a horse. Kind of small, but a thoroughbred in the slop. Forget it, Freddy. The one with your name on it's run dry. I was done nine years ago, only I was too young to see it, and I'm done now. All I need is the initial investment. Clarinets. I'll get you back. With interest. Do you hear yourself? What about the boys? What about them? You don't think I'm entitled to any of that? You ran out on us. You took off, Freddy. You left us with all that debt. I left you money. Oh, sure, a wad of bills on the bureau. Gee, Freddy, you're a saint. I have turned over a new leaf. I'm a changed man. You're still hustling. I meant about you and the boys. I'm not the same. Look, I know I did you wrong. I'm sorry. I was scared. I wasn't thinking clearly. It doesn't matter, Freddy. I'm with someone. Who? That Teddy Shaw jerk from the picture? Martin Levy. The studio guy? I'm sorry, Lucy. I, I don't mean to laugh, but... He's sweet. And he treats me right. He doesn't beat up on me or, or steal my money. He's a gentleman. He's a big shot. They go through women like you go through the Daily Saver. You'll see. I have to go. You take care, Freddy. Howdy, Miss Wessler. Hi, Charlie. Could you tell me where Martin... I mean, Mr. Levy is on the lot? We're kind of in a hurry. I'm afraid you just missed him. I did? Yeah, he flew off to New York with a few of the other executives. New York? Are you, are you sure? Yes, ma'am. It was Mr. Levy, several executives, Mr. Bradley and Mr. Carrington. Oh, and Mrs. Levy. Mrs. Levy? Yes, ma'am. She's back from Europe. She's been gone a long time. What a knockout. You ever seen her? Wait, wait. His wife? Most gorgeous woman you'd ever seen. That is, uh, excluding press and company, of course. What do you say, boys? We're going on a trip. Gee, that's swell. Where are you going? We don't know. It's a surprise. You okay, Miss Wessler? What? What? Yes. Anything else I can do for you? Do? No. No, that's... that's everything. Let me get the gate for you, then. No, no, that won't be necessary. We... we forgot something back at the house. Okay, then. See you, boys. Have a nice trip. Heartbroken and dejected, Lucille drove aimlessly for hours around the city. The boys, bouncing in the back seat, a cheerful tune on their lips, and with every glee chorus... Tears were sent streaming down Lucille's face.
creep. Hey, looks like the house lights are dimming. How could he do that to Miss her? Miss Tate, your film, Starling. But what about the boys? Miss Tate, your film. Shh. Hey, pipe down, buddy. We all know you came for the nude scene. Well, spoiler alert, it's a body number. Honey, why would she say that? What about Martin's wife, huh? I'll tell you after the movie. There's a little diner down the block. Pretty awful movie tonight, huh? I still don't understand why Ryan and Cody skipped the seminar and went straight to wet t-shirt contest instead. They heard the girl from the train was entering, and ah, it doesn't matter. My character was utterly useless. Now, I wouldn't say that. You set that one young man straight when showing him how to properly remove a brassiere. I was, however, more impressed with the phone call to your parents when you came clean about taking the car. Very dramatic. Yeah? You showed a lot of potential up there tonight. I'm proud of you. Thanks, Larry. So what happened to Lucille and the twins? I couldn't stop thinking about them all night. Well, Lucille delivered on her surprise and drove herself, the boys, and their already packed bags downtown to the Grand Huntington Hotel on Westfield Boulevard. Gee golly, what a swanky place! Al say, it's got two Johns! You boys, you just, just sit there and, and listen to the, to the radio... Mommy, Mommy needs to sit down for a moment. Ralph, over here, it's starting. Come now, brother, you've hardly touched your tapioca. It's a little too sweet for my liking. Now, believe me, brother, if I'd wanted to kill you, I'd use a far less dastardly method than poison. Why did you invite me here tonight? Well, so that we may dine together. We are family, after all. And as family, we should be able to squash our petty differences and break bread. Break bread? Family? Since you washed up onto Huntington Beach two years ago, my life has been nothing but a paper bag of constant upheaval. Firstly, I'm framed for the murders of three young women. Nobody believes my innocence, and why should they? All the evidence pointed toward me. And then I come to find out that the man pulling the strings, the real killer, is my own brother. <laughs> Pretty wild, isn't it? You shot me. I laid in a coma for three months, three months, while you, the puppet master, continued killing those... while you continued... continued killing... What's the matter, brother? You don't look well. The tapioca! Actually, it was the brandy. Poison, I know, I know, but then again, you did always call me a coward. Relax, brother. A mere sedative. Something to help you sleep. You've been so stressed recently, so high-strung. Frankly, I was getting worried. It isn't healthy, and after all, we can't have you getting in the way of our big plans now, can we? Oh, wait till you see what I've got in store for that self-effacing woman you call a wife. Forgive me. Called a wife. <laughs> 
There, there, you just rest your weary head and I'll be back in a jiffy. Oh, and try not to drool on the upholstery. It's such a delicate fabric. <laughs> Why are you crying, Mommy? Is it something we did? No, 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 Mommy just needs, needs to rest. Herbert, would you bring me some tea? I'll do it. Thank you, Ralph. Tea. Check. Cup. Check. I wish I could find something to help Mommy sleep. A mere sedative. Yeah! Excuse me, bellboy. I'm the janitor, kid. I need something to help my mommy sleep. All right, look, kid, I got a lot of work to do, so... Oh, look at all that medicine. You got a closet full of sleepy time. Oh, it's sleepy time, but not for your mother. See, the eighth floor has got an infestation of mice. Hey, 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 back up, kid. This stuff is dangerous. I gotta line the walls with it after I fix this faucet downstairs. Now, get away from me, kid. You bother me. Go back to your room. The little mouse on this bottle looks pretty sleepy to me. In goes the tea. And in goes the medicine. Here you go, Mother. This will help you sleep. Thank you, Ralph. Boys, I I want you to know that things are... Things are going to be a little different from here on. We might have to go back to living the way the way we used to. But we'll get by. We always have and we always will. Ah, I love the tea they carry here. So Ralph poisoned his mother? Well, yes, but unwittingly. That's so sad. The old report said after poor Miss Wessler took her first sip, the convulsions began and lasted for nearly two hours. My God, that's awful. What became of the twins? Social pariahs, lumped together with the rest of Hollywood's outcasts, the industry's lost and forgotten cornerstones. Did they go on to make more films? Oh, no. Herbert attempted a comeback as an adult, this time on television, doing quiz show appearances, but proved unsuccessful. He died of cardiac arrest in 1985. And Ralph? Well, Ralph remained at the Milford Clinic in Michigan until the age of... 18, where several years later died of a gunshot wound he received while on a hunting trip. And the little guy was just trying to help. Despite the neglect and obvious favoritism, Ralph sought attention by trying to help his mother. And in the end, he helped her to death. That's why I like you, Larry. Always diving deep for a well-spoken pearl. Miss Tate. <laughs> At my age, they float. Just a short distance from the lobby sits a swanky room of such and such dimensions. A room that in one moment provided clarity for a crushed and despondent mother, and in another offered confusing visions of a pine box. In the kitchenette, glued to the countertop, is an open bottle of strychnine sulfate. And on the front, a picture of a cartoon mouse 
who when viewed with childlike innocence, appears to be resting. On the coffee table is a replica of an odious cup and saucer, and inside, a hardened gelatin made to look like tea. Over the table are two child-sized mannequins standing side by side, staring at a spot on the floor beside a knocked-over chair. So whatever the number of occupants in your party, make sure you add two. Their names are Herbert and Ralph, and they're fans of the radio. And if this sleepy room contains amenities that bear an H for Huntington, you can rest assured the sign out front reads, Swan. Tales from the Swan Hotel is written and directed by Thaddeus Ellenberg and produced by Will Scoble. Tonight's episode starred Kelly Anakin as Lucille Wessler, Paul Jennings as Martin Levy, Mary Van Note as Ralph and Herbert Wessler, Les Milton as the Marked Man and Derek, Paco Romaine as Larry, and Sarah Hensley as Samantha Tate. Featuring the additional voice talents of Nick Palm, Emily Epstein White, Dave Ross, Eric Charles Nilsson, Matt Lieb, Taylor Wilson, Scott Vermeer, Jason Dove, Caitlin Gill, and I'm Ron Chapman. Original theme by Nick Stargu, artwork by Justin Devine. Tales from the Swan Hotel is independently produced by Will Scoville and Thaddeus Ellenberg. You can help the show by rating and reviewing us on iTunes and Stitcher.